Well, there is a fair bit to chew on today with commodity currencies helped by word from China that they must secure enough energy for winter, whatever the cost. The US has managed to agree an interim budget for now, but the debt ceiling remains an issue and probably will be to the very last moment. Jerome Powell has been pontificating about what to do if inflation stays high. Does he raise rates or not? Australia's building permits up, same in New Zealand, seems even the prospect of an interest rate can't stop the housing roller coaster. And tonight, inflation numbers for Europe and the United States, plus personal income and spending. That's going to help us understand how big this slowdown in the recovery is. It's Friday, the 1st of October, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it is one of those mornings where the US dollar is almost perfectly balanced. If you look on the DXY index, it's lost almost half a percent on the Japanese yen and it's down 0.7% on the Canadian dollar. And the Aussie dollar, well, that's up 0.6% on the US dollar to 72.2 US cents. And the pound is up as well, up a third of 1% as well. But on the DXY index, the dollar is flat. Uh, well, why is that? Well, the euro has lost a, a quarter percent. On the BBDXY, uh, the US dollar is actually down almost 0.2%. So it depends on which basket of currencies you want to base it on. Uh, on stocks, it would certainly the, the rise in the US dollar stop for now. On stocks, a bit of a reversal as well. The Dow and the S&P are going down, 0.8% down for the DAX, while the NASDAQ is on its way back up, climbing 0.4%. In Europe, the direction is definitely down, a 0.8% drop in the Euro stocks 50. A sharp rise in the VIX as well late in the afternoon session, up to 227 from below 21 earlier. So things are choppy. Small movements in bonds, though, 10-year Treasury yields climbing one basis point to 1.53%. In the UK, yields on 10-year gilts are now up to 1.02%. The, the curve steepening a fair bit as well. And commodities. Well, pick your favourite oil. WTI is up a quarter percent. Brent uh, crude is down 0.2%. And we've got a 2% leap in gold and a 3% rise in silver. Uh, so <laughs> look at all of that. Gavin Friend is with me today. Uh, look, we've got equities on the slide. The S&P 500 uh, lost almost 4% in the last month. But it could have been worse because it's regained some of their losses today because of uh, that they found a, a stopgap spending bill at the 11th hour, which, which we'll come to. But what's your take on all of this? You know, uh, equities the dollar, uh, commodity currencies, the rise again in tech. Uh, what's happening here? Yeah, morning, Phil. There is a lot to unpack, I think. A lot a lot for markets right now. Um, and it's making it very confusing. So, I mean, you know, on the day, not a great end to the month or the quarter for stocks. US indices suffering their worst quarter since the what, start of the pandemic. Um, major indexes, as you say, um, they're down... Well, only four or five percent from their all-time highs, but markets do seem to be facing into a wall of worry, don't they? I mean, the punch bowl of easy monetary policy is starting to be slowly pulled away, either via um, asset purchases, uh, tapering of asset purchases, or actual rate hikes, depending on the jurisdiction. We have a, a brewing energy crisis. Um, you know, that's that's more prevalent. I think it's fair to say at the moment in Europe. You know, including the UK. And in and in China, um, the but of course it will it will be very important for emerging markets where this goes. The supply chain issues, which have been with us for some time, you know they they're not getting any really any better. They're looking like sort of you know rolling waves of shortages of goods. Some of this due to you know raw materials. Some of it due to transport. Some of it due to shortage of workers. There doesn't seem to be any. 
you know, real decent sign of that abating anytime soon. And that is the discussion amongst policymakers. We're hearing that from Jerome Powell and others. You mm. can hear as they talk, there's an anxiety about how long and what to do. <laughs> that, was, that was certainly the way with Jer- Jerome Powell in Congress, wasn't it, overnight? Because he was there saying, you know, it's going to be a difficult trade-off if inflation doesn't subside. Do they put up interest rates, which could dampen demand still further and therefore cost jobs? Or do they keep the rates low, which he says could risk inflation uh, continuing to build? But, you know, uh, unemployment is still very high. And, uh, and you know, the latest weekly figures showing, showing they're not going down. He's talked before about the influence of the Phillips curve being weak right now. But I wonder if he, you know, he doesn't want to step away from that entirely, does he? Because there is a relationship. If they, uh, if they keep, uh, if, they, if they push up interest rates, they are going to see uh, jobs start to slide again, surely. Yeah, but uh, we, we just need to take a step back. I mean, there's a lot going on in markets. But to, to think that, that U.S. rates are about to go up soon is just not yeah, on the agenda not it's not on the yeah. agenda we we know the u.s economy pro- probably doesn't need 120 billion dollars worth of uh, asset purchases i think most most observers and, and the central bank are agreed on that that's coming um the fed has been very clear that there is no direct link between that and rate rises and that the fed would like under its new model to then take some time not do anything with rates and let's see whether we can create some jobs without pushing up wages. But there is this problem, this inconvenient problem in the middle that inflation is very high at the moment and nobody, including Jerome Powell, knows when this thing is going to start rolling back down again. The expectation is that it will be in the coming months. It could take a year. We're going to be having this conversation on and on and on and on. And, and, well, it and that, takes and some the con- interests and turns, doesn't it? It, I mean, does, it does. It does. And um, and that's why you, you hear him on Thursday in Congress just sounding a little bit, you know, where, where am I going to go on this? Because he doesn't have the answers. But 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 that debate has got a long way to play out. In, in amongst all of this, as well, all this uncertainty, what about the dollar? I mean, is that... A cause of uncertainty in itself, or is it just reacting to everything else that's going on? So uh, you're right to, to talk about the dollar. It's really come into focus in the last few days. I mean, it's been ranging around for, for quite some time, but in the last few days, it's moved up not by much, you know, a couple of pay, a couple of percentage points, but it's taken it up to a really key technical level on the DXY that you mentioned earlier on 95. Um, and you know, we we can talk what what's happened there. We've had some downside breaks in the pound against the dollar. You might say that that's a sort of an idiosyncratic issue. Uh, with what was going on in the UK, there is some, you know, plenty of weak factors there in the UK. Um, you might say that that energy stuff is spilling over into Europe, and that's why the euro is going down as well. I would say, actually, on that, um, you know, people have talked about one sixteen as a big level on euro dollar. We, we we wouldn't disagree with that, but one fifteen for us is also a very big number, and it doesn't look to us like the, this is a case of where the US is outperforming Europe. Um, in fact, given the difficulties. The U.S. is having passing its its infrastructure spending bill. You don't have that issue in Europe. They've done theirs. They're going to be investing a lot of money in the digital economy and climate change. And so then you're looking at things like, you know, the market's very interested in the dollar's upside break against the yen and the Swiss, the traditional safe havens. That could be part of a reflation trade that kind of fits. It could also be tied to if you think what's driving the dollar up is you know, the prospect of higher interest rates in the US. We don't think the interest rates are going up anytime soon, but certainly Japan and Switzerland will be at the back of the queue. So that kind of fits. But if it's risk aversion, and there is an element of risk aversion, think about all the things, the wall of worry we talked about, 
That's not supportive of the dollar rising against the yen and the Swiss. So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts here. I don't think the picture is particularly clear. It may just be that the <laughs> you're dollar... Saying, you're sounding like Jerome Powell well, no, this it, morning. It, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. It may just be that the dollar is, move, is, <laughs> is moving into, into you know, uh, uh, a, a slightly higher range than it has been, but it's still ranging. Yeah, well, now you mentioned all the uncertainty that we're seeing in the US right now. Uh, a little less of that today, but not much really has changed. I mean, they, they've managed to find an interim uh, spending budget to last till December the 3rd. Still no resolution on the debt ceiling, though, or the $3.5 trillion infrastructure package, or whatever it's going to be. Uh, if they don't fix the debt ceiling, they're going to earn out of cash by October the 18th. We've talked about that a lot this week. It sounds like that they will, if they reach a deal, uh, it'll be uh, at midnight on October the 17th, probably. But look, uh, things are happening in China. Uh, so equities lost some ground then regained a bit when particularly for commodity currencies uh, when china said that uh, they're going to solve this uh, problem that they've got with their rolling outages uh, because of uh, lack of fuel by buying in uh, enough fuel to get them through winter at all cost is what they've said that's right i mean china continues to roll markets you know regulatory crackdowns the energy stuff as you're talking about ever grand and what looks like in the big picture for most people the realization that we're not thinking about, we shouldn't be thinking about a seven eight percent China anymore. We should be thinking about something, you know, reason, you know, materially lower. Plenty of strategists now on the street talking about a move down to something with a three handle for Q four. Of course, that's not annualized, but um, you know, that that's the direction of travel. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we saw the PMI. I mean, that's supported the manufacturing PMI for China today forty nine point six is below fifty. Uh, so that, you know, the, the manufacturing industry right now is shrinking. The last time that happened was February last year when the virus was doing its worst. Yeah, I mean, I think we can probably excuse that particular number because of the crunch that we saw on energy, some power outages across many regions for the month of September. That probably explains why the manufacturing PMI dipped to below 50 as it did. And we didn't see that, of course. We saw a jump in the non-manufacturing. Remember, the sequence of events here for China, it's been... It's been locked in lockdown. It's it's gradually coming out during September. So you, all else equal, you ought to have seen thing, things pick back up again relative relative to the previous month. That's what we've seen in the non-manufacturing yeah. led by the services. Right, so I know what you're saying. So maybe it's going to pick up next month. But if you look at the uh, the export orders, that's below 50 as well. That's a bit of a worrying sign, isn't it? I think that's right. And I think that's the, that's, that's the worry, isn't it? The, the, the conversation coming out of Beijing uh, today to... Um, uh, uh, order state-owned energy companies to secure energy supplies for the winter at all costs. Uh, the order from Vice Premier uh, Hang Zhong, who earlier this week ordered uh, curbs on projects with high emissions or pollution. I mean, it's quite difficult to try and um, you know fix both of those things at the same time. And I think mm. it just makes people. You know, we're thinking about here's a President Xi that wants to decarbonize and moves to a, a carbon neutral economy by 2060. That's a long way down the road, but it starts now. Uh, and at the same time, they've got to keep the economy going. You know, they've got the Winter Olympics coming up. That's something they won't want to see uh, bad headlines about. Um, you know, um, so so short term, Cole. there might be some things <laughs> coming down the pipe. I, I, I guess for us, it th- we're, we're thinking, what does it mean for markets? Surely it means for those kinds of industries uh, that the government is leaning towards, there may be some assistance in terms of, you know, easier rate policy or something like that. Right. Okay. 
cool. Ta- now, ta- targeted monetary easing, I would say. That's what they're calling it. All right, now look, let's go back to the United States very quickly uh, because those weekly jobless numbers uh, are on the rise. 362,000 last week, 330,000 was expected. This is the third week in a row that we've seen these numbers rise. Now, maybe that's less of a concern. I mean, it's, it's a concern for those people who haven't got jobs. But if you're saying Jerome Powell is seeing uh, interest rate rises being a long way away, uh, then maybe that's uh, that's less of a concern. He's going to push ahead with uh, tapering, irrespective of the job numbers, because it's a separate issue. But what about in the UK? Uh, they got rid of the furlough scheme uh, yesterday. There were still a million people claiming furlough. Uh, add that to the list of things which is slowing the recovery in the UK. Yeah, I mean, the UK is in a bit of a tight spot, isn't it, with all these things coming, uh, those schemes ending, as you say, higher energy prices. Uh, Nat gas, gas prices in the UK are now up 350% versus pre-pandemic levels that's that's this year um you know that's that's a, that's a huge climb um we've got tax rises coming next uh, next spring um it's a help it's a household support scheme for um, struggling families, low-income families yeah. to help with food, clothing and energy bills. Right, but I mean you've got to apply for it rather than just automatically Indeed. Down, you? So, I- uh, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Look, Australia's building permits yesterday, they were expected to fall but they actually rose you know, it takes more than a, a pandemic, doesn't it, to stop the housing market. Uh, New Zealand building permits also up as well despite uh, the prospect of rising interest rates on the, on the horizon, so ditto with that. Uh, today, uh, this is going to be interesting, US personal income and spend and the core PC deflator. So a couple of really big numbers there, along with the ISM manufacturing numbers as well, plus inflation, uh, CPI for Europe as well, uh, the provisional number for September. It's going to be interesting, isn't it, for those uh, personal spending and income numbers to see whether, in fact, you know... if the US economy, if the recovery is slowing down and by how much. And the yeah, the inflation numbers, obviously a lot of interest in that too. Of course it will, yeah. I mean, the market will be very focused on that. We're looking at something like 3.5% in the US uh, from 36 But if it's if it's a higher number, you know you, you, you know which way the market's going to take that. It's just going to dial in the focus even more. Um, the ditto in, 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 in Europe, we're likely to see the headline uh, measure of inflation push up even higher there, and and you know to a market that really doesn't expect anything from, from you know from from on that from the ECB, you know we remind you that um, the uh, the hawks on the ECB, the centrists have got a voice at the moment, and they are worried about second round effects. So uh, mm. this will play to that. Yep, same question happening everywhere, isn't it? Whereas we are nowhere till Tuesday. We're taking uh, Monday off for now. Thanks, Gavin. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. Thanks, Phil. And if you're having a long weekend, enjoy it. If not, uh, we'll see you on Tuesday morning anyway. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.